Welcome, welcome. What's going on, brother? There he is. There who is? Me or you? (laughs) Sorry, I'm a little late. (laughs) Exactly. No, you're good. You're good. Uh, Everyone, thank you for joining this episode of the 81 Podcast. I am here with the man, the myth, the legend himself, the Seattle Seahawks great, the USC two-time national champion, the Zonin CBD founder and CEO, the one, the only, Lofa Tatupu. Lofa. My How are you dad, doing today? How are you, brother? I'm doing all right, brother. I got one question for you. Yeah, what's who's up? The, who's the goat? Woo! Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a lot of ice, man. You know you're the goat. Yeah, because you know, I saw you. I saw you post something. I'm not sure Matt, something who played SDSU in 2002. You posted mm-hmm. on your story, and you had that, and then you had that song Gucci Man Icy. And mm-hmm. I was just thinking, I'm like, I gotta bust out the rings. I gotta yeah. show Lofa why he said I'm the goat. So this is so this is from West Valley. Uh, this is actually we didn't we didn't we, this is a championship ring. This is like an anniversary ring. Mm-hmm. This one is from the this is this is actually like you no know, so this one was for the um the, the Cal Eagles um AIF uh, 2012. We made we won the Western Conference Championship and then we lost in the championship game against the Cape Fear Heroes and the AIF. And this one right here is my Chicago Falcons semi pro ring. It's just like honor ring. Dope man, I see. Yeah, yeah, appreciate you, brother. <laughs> So how you been? I mean, you know, I mean, how's everything been going with you? Yeah, I mean, 2020's been pretty wild, but I, I'm, you know, I consider myself blessed. Uh, you know, it's a little different being, uh, you know, work being mostly, you know, virtual, and then right. also uh, being, you know, homeschooling. I got two kids, so oh, man. I'm the uh, gym and math teacher. Oh, <laughs> damn! <laughs> See, I, I'm fortunate right now. See, I'm 30, and 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 I, and I'm not married yet, and I, and I don't have any kids yet. But I'm just like, I'm, yeah. <laughs> take your time, <laughs> take your time, brother. No, because obviously, you know, I mean, um, my, our last guest, Darius, uh, Darius Prince, we were, he was talking about he did everything for his daughter. And obviously right now with the school districts, and like I mentioned this in one of my previous episodes about kind of how here in the local school districts here in the Bay, it's like they, 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 they've almost locked everything down, right? And so everything's e-learning, you know? So, yeah, I mean, yeah. To, to expect a six and a nine-year-old to jump online and you know, log in and log out. It just, it didn't make sense. So we've got our own little curriculum here. Um, then my wife, she uh, she went through it and, and figured out how we we're going to do it. And then they also, they take some tutoring lessons, you know, to make sure that they are actually, you know, retaining the information. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's been fun. It's been a blessing, um, you know, amongst it all, just to be able to spend a lot of time with them. 100%. All righty. So, now we're getting into the actual interview. All right. So obviously, you know, you know me. Um, I'm probably one of your biggest fans. And obviously you have millions of other fans, you know, um, you know, who watch you, you know, I think all the way from college, you know, to, to to your pro career. So kind of, you know, obviously your dad, Mosi, uh, he played in the NFL for the Patriots. And, you know, obviously, I mean, I'm sure I was curious kind of, you know, what was the influence he had on you? Because one thing which 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 I which I think wasn't really kind of addressed as 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 clearly was that when you got drafted to Seattle in 2005, Matt Hasselbeck's dad, Don Hasselbeck, was your dad's teammate in New England, and yeah. I thought that was such a fucking trip. You know, what I mean, I thought that was so <laughs> awesome. You know what I mean? So, and part yeah. of this is yeah, on the show we curse a lot. I'm not sure if you heard. If you heard okay, it, good. Uh, yeah, no, I do. <laughs> I like that's how I get down. So, yeah. <laughs> fuck it, <laughs> let's uh, go. So, I mean, yeah, he had a lot of influence, you know, being a 14-year NFL veteran. Um, and, you know, my dad was my hero. He is my hero. Um, he's, you know, since passed away. That's why I said was. But, uh, you know, and I wanted to do what dad did. And, you know, um, you know, there's just, 
you, you want a kid wants their dad's respect and their mother's love is how I could put it best. And, um, you know, so that's, you know, why I always wanted to play ball was because I watched him, you know, play, you know, some great football and, and how much, you know, he meant to the community too, where, you know, where we grew up, where I grew up. And, In Massachusetts. Uh, yeah, him. And so, uh, like you said, I grew up, you know, next door. My wife's from the same town as uh, the Hasselbacks. Right. It's um, crazy. You know, so yeah, I grew up competing against uh, uh, Matt's younger, youngest brother, and uh, and then getting to you know play in the league. Our dads, it's it's crazy. They played in Super Bowl twenty together, and we played in Super Bowl forty together. Me and Matt. Yeah. And, and, uh, mean, wow. Yeah. So it's wild that we would go both from neighboring towns and then end up playing our career, you know, on the same team all the way across the country, but. Um, in terms of, you know, the influence my dad had, he just, he showed me how to get it done. And I'm sure Matt would say the same about his dad is that when you have a clear picture of what you want to do, but you also get to see someone go through it, um, it makes it like you've been there before when you finally get there, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. It's not the first time for us. We grew up in going to the stadium. We grew up going to the, the locker room, um, the field you know, the, the, the camps, everything. So when we got to, you know, even college, it was not new to us. We, we've been there before. Right. And, you know, and, and, and I think that that's a good call because our last guest, Darius Prince, he was kind of like me in the sense that I wasn't able to play football in high school, but I was able to walk on a Juco and, you know, the rest was history. And he wasn't able to play football in college. And he was able to get onto an NFL roster by going like climb the ladder, you know, the end, he played semi-pro like, like how I did. And then he went to the NAL, then he went to the AFL and then he got to the Eagles practice squad after he won the AFL bowl and arena bowl 30 and he won arena bowl MVP. So it's incredible. You know what I mean? And so it's like, you know, I mean, but I mean, it's still even more incredible because you're growing up in that environment. There's no chance. There's no guarantee for success. You know what I mean? You still, you have to work twice as hard. I feel like when you have that kind of um, that standard to live up to, right. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Well, I mean, the, the, the wild part was football was not my best sport. Baseball easily was my most natural sport. Basketball, I was a good athlete. Football was the one I had to work the hardest at. And you would think that namesake would yeah. you know, open, open doors for you, like, especially, but I wasn't highly recruited. Um, the, I had three division one offers. They were all to play quarterback. Really? Yeah. And have you, have you, I mean, you like all my videos. I'm curious. You think I could, you know, if, if I want to go back in time, you think I, in, in our lifetime, I could play Q, QB at like SJSU or like some of these D1 programs. QB is tough, man. I'll tell you that even just playing in high school. So yeah. I'm never <laughs> yeah. going to, I'm, I'm never going to tell anyone that I couldn't do it. Yeah. So I believe no. in you. I believe <laughs> in you. <laughs> you call me the goat already. You're good. Go ahead. <laughs> well, what I'm saying is QB, man, like there is so much to dissect in process, you know, in, in split seconds. And, and that's what makes it the hardest thing to do, especially when they're giving you different looks and confusing you. So um, you never know if you, if, you know, go back in time. Yeah, I, I believe you got it, brother. Yeah, if I go back in time, <laughs> yeah, 10 but, years. But for me, that that's, you know, because a lot of kids would have just been like, you know what, I'll take the division one offers, division one. Yeah. And for me, I had a, a real conversation with all the coaches. I go, hey, you want me a quarterback? If I don't start, as a freshman or a sophomore, um, which they were probably looking at me like, what? Start? Like, you know, like, okay, kid. But I was like, if, I don't, if I don't start, that's so much confidence I had. Can I yeah. flip over there and play, can I play linebacker? And they're like, oh, we didn't even know you played defense. And I was just like, so 
when they said that, I was like, yeah, it's off the table. I'm not, I'm not coming to your school. And I took the scholarship to go to, you know, one double A University of Maine. Yeah. Um, and, and play up there. That's, you know, really how it happened. Really? Yeah. But then, but then you went to Maine, but then you ended up going to USC ultimately. You so know, after, after, you know, a couple, you know, really only played like, only started six games there. Um, but I, I had a really productive uh, freshman year. And um, they had me rotating in and out with the guy that was the starter the previous two year and a half or two years, I think. And he was going to be a senior next year, the next year. And I was like, man, I don't want to keep splitting time. Yeah. And, and I didn't, I always, since I was seven years old, I dreamed of playing the NFL and like, that was my vision, but I didn't believe I could get there from Maine or a small school because, you know, getting the combine invite, all that. I wasn't going to wow them at the combine. They're, yeah. you know, they're, they're like, oh, you got like a barely six foot, 238 pound, you know, slow Samoan. Yeah. That's not going to like turn heads. Like we need that guy. So yeah. I, had to, I had to go out there and prove it on the big stage. And that's really what, what that step, you know, kind of like your boy, you said you were talking about, he, he just naturally took the next progression to, to eventually make it from the AFL up to uh, the league. It, it was the next step was to, to really try and challenge myself um, at a major university. 100%. And, you know, I think and I think it's good you kind of alluded to that. I, I actually want to address one of your previous points about playing, playing QB. One of my teammates from, from my JUCO, uh, from my sophomore year, he actually went to play QB in the NAL and the, and the AFL and the IFL. And, I mean, I would never want that job because me playing slot, you know, upcoming up in the JUCO and obviously then going to – and I had my combine invite after my sophomore year. Uh, of juco because i had the option either walk on a d3 where everyone else went because we're 0 and 10 <laughs> or or <laughs> i had the option to just you know see what else is out there you know maybe may play maybe add an additional year you know if my eligibility because i mean i still have my eligibility but if like one more year and then pretty much you know see what that took me but i was just in the mindset i'm like you know what i mean I, there's an opportunity to try to go to the afl i'm just gonna run with it you know what i mean and yeah, yeah you know and pretty much because and then combine you know like you like you i mean i ran like a four five one forty and then <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean, I four eight three, but I mean, consider that you have almost like seventy five pounds on me. I think you're all right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, two inches yeah. of seventy five pounds. Yeah, good. At the time, my fucking speed with the sundial. <laughs> <laughs> And, and and I and it's funny we're talking about this. I remember that you put you know, that back when your rookie year, your your teammates in Seattle called you Slofa. Is that is that true? It started <laughs> it started back when um, when I was at SC. <laughs> I see. My roommate Omar Nazel. Um, they were like, "Yeah, I don't know how this guy makes all these plays because he's he's really not fast. He's slow." And Omar just said he started calling me Slofa. So I was like, oh my god! Luckily, it didn't catch on too much at the sea in Seattle. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was that was a well-known nickname at SC. You you know what? I mean, I'll I'll give you mine. Uh, they used to call me because my eyes kind of big. They used to call me Owl or. or or, or they call me Oz because my first two letters Ossif. They take the Oz and they make that like you know, and they say yeah. I have jukes like a wizard. And then and then whenever whenever I whenever I fucked up on on in practice or anything like that, they'd be all like, ah, you know, your sorcery ain't working, brother. Got to you know get back again back line. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you boys always have good ones for you, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but yeah, um, okay, cool. Yeah, so let's, let's talk more about USC. Obviously. You choose to go there um, after Maine, and then you're pretty much starting, right? I think uh, not. Not me. Did you have to sit out a year, or or how that worked? I sat out the year. I was actually third or fourth on the depth chart. We they had a lot. Pete had a lot of great talent, you know, coming in there. Um, 
you know, they were turning the program around because they, they hadn't really been in their winning ways for, you know, better part of a decade. And, um, and so, yeah, he had to change the culture there. And, um, you know, I got one of the last remaining scholarships, me and my buddy, Frosty Rucker, who played 14 years in the NFL, we both transferred in. And, um, you know, it was, it was funny because, you know, we didn't know anybody. And like, everybody was like, yo, who are these kids? One's from Colorado State, the other one's from Maine. Like, you know, like, who, who are these guys? And then, you know, we both, we had successful careers, not just at SC, but in the NFL. But, um, you know, there was, I was the third or fourth string Will linebacker because Pete and defensive uh, coaches, they liked my playmaking ability and they wanted to put the, the, the playmaker over at the Will. And I told him, I was like, yeah, like, I don't, I've never played outside. And, um, you know, it was just a total different beast, but I knew, you know, I, so I studied it. And then we had uh, a senior left, uh, Mike Pollard, and then uh, my boy, Oscar Lua, he, he, he got hurting towards ACL. And so we didn't have anybody at Mike. And so I was like, hey, I'm not gonna play at Will. Is there a chance I could just play some Mike at least the spring? And um, they're like, yeah, go ahead. So me and a couple other guys battled out for, there was a, a Juco All-American. We battled out for the spot. And um, I ended up winning the spot after after the spring. And then my boy Oscar wasn't ready to come back in time for the following season. So from there, I got my chance to play, um, you know, against Auburn. And it was my, my first ever Division One game. We're at Jordan-Hare Stadium in front of like 88 or 90,000 fans you know down in uh, Auburn man it's it was insane and um you know I remember in the warm-up line Nick Holt my D coordinator he's he's, he was our linebacker coach he's throwing the balls to us and I lose it in the sea of orange like I'm running and the ball's coming I don't it just hits me right in the face (laughs) and he walks up and grabs me by the face mask he's like you know are you sure you're ready for big time football and I was just like, I was like, relax, coach, I got this. And um, the only time I ever got a player of the week uh, award was was that game. <laughs> I, had, um, I had 12 tackles, uh, four and a half tackles for a loss and two, two sacks. And uh, and so I got player of player of the week. And I, I never won it again after that. It was crazy. Yeah. At my first start, I would get that award and I never got it after that. But um it was a, it was a real, it was a good welcoming to, uh, to big time football though, for sure. hundred percent. I can't imagine what I like to play in front of 89,000 people. And obviously over there in the South, I mean, it's a completely different like animal, right? Like that's all they do, you know, oh, it's a way of life, man. I mean, the SEC that's, you know, those are like some legit, they're almost, you know, NFL programs. Like, you know, yeah, big time, like legitimately, yeah. you know what I mean? Like if you go to Alabama, just like, it's legitimately just run like an NFL program. A lot you know, of I, kids, yeah, they, they, they make it and they, they play really well in, uh, in the NFL. Yeah, you know, and so it's funny because I actually visited UT uh, Austin's um, facility a few years ago. You know what I mean? So I got, yeah, I got to take the full tour of like, yeah, it was like the Vince Young, they had the Earl Campbell, they had the, they had the, they had the Ricky Williams, right? And then they have like the full, like the national championship teams, right? You get to the trophy room, all trophies of each team. And I just got to stand there. I got to go like this. You know what I mean? That's, that's awesome, man. I mean, yeah. that's, I remember when I went in, you know, um, to accept the scholarship and sign my letter of intent, we went into Heritage Hall. And in Heritage yeah. Hall, you walk in, they got all the awards, but they got, you know, all the Heismans. 
Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, the Heisman's. It's funny because when you enter, you're like, oh my god, Ricky Williams Heisman's on display. It's like, what the I mean, fuck? Yeah, you're just like, man, there's like eight, <laughs> six, six, seven of these Heisman trophies just hanging out, you know? Yeah, then, just like just like out there. And I didn't know that I would be lucky enough to play with three Heisman winners yeah. while I was at SC. Carson Palmer, Matt Lyon, Reggie Bush. I played with all three of them. That's got to be some kind of record. Oh, it has to be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the three different Heisman win- and, and two national championships. Like, come on now. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was fun, too. Yeah, that was fun, too. <laughs> Just, you know, it's like, you know, up there, but not really. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, I mean, this, right? I mean, just that must have been fun, right? It was, man. Yeah. I mean, you know. That's why I used to watch that shit on TV, bro. Come on. You got to you gotta say yes. Like, this is like your favorite thing to do. Because you saw me. Yeah. I, I, yeah. yeah. Hey, 81, baby. He said 81. Hey, he said 81 favorite. Listeners, low foot to tubo just an 81 in flex. All right, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> but, um, yeah, man. It's, uh, I mean, you play to win, man. And that's, that's really, we did a lot of winning over there. Uh, the two years I was, you know, blessed to be there. 25 and one and that one loss uh it came in triple overtime to the guy to a guy by the name aaron Rodgers, who turned out to be pretty damn good <laughs> that 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 game so my so i'm not sure if i told you my sister went to cal so like um she went to cal and so i mean but she didn't she wasn't there she was a little bit she's like a couple years older than me so she wasn't there when aaron Rodgers. but i was watching that game and i was intently watching because like oh, what's gonna happen here because i'm here in the bay and I just I couldn't call it, you know, because you guys were so fucking hot. Like it was like, oh my god, dude! Like, I mean, they came out, they they just blew us out in the first half. It was like twenty-one nothing. We had like three turnovers, four turnovers in the first half, and then we just came roaring back, and then it just went back and forth. And I mean, but it was um, it was it was awesome, you know, despite the loss, you know, my only yeah. loss. But um, but I really think that that loss helped fuel us for the next year. Yeah. And, and really, because we had a glimpse of success, you know, and I'm talking split national title, but who knows what happens if we get to go to the BCS and, you know, I don't, I don't know what happens uh, with, because I think LSU in uh, the last three weeks, we got kicked from the number one spot, like the last week. And yeah. we were sitting there like, because we didn't have a Pac-12 championship. That's why we got penalized. We were 12 and one though. We hadn't lost since week four against Cal, but Oklahoma just got embarrassed by Kansas state. I Jason mean, White. Got, yeah, they got throttled by, and they, so we were like, we're, they didn't even win their division, but they're still number two and they're going to go to the, you know, yeah. <laughs> to the sugar bowl against LSU and then LSU won. But what, I, what I'm trying to say is though, like that motivated us not, you know, getting snubbed to come back the next year. It left a bad taste in them out. They're like, yeah, we, we got to run the table. We're going to be preseason number one. We knew it because uh, we had all our guys coming back and a lot of those other guys were leaving from right. Oklahoma and LSU. And, uh, and so we set out on a mission and it's uh, that journey was amazing. That's what it was all about, man. Uh, staying perfect, going running the wire to wire national champions, number one to start, number one to finish, man. I think there's only one or two other teams to do it um, besides us. Yeah. And I, and I think they came after you guys. I think, I think you guys were the first to do it. I did. Uh, I, uh, I know Florida State did it. I don't know who else did it, but I, and they did it in it was ni- 99. 99? Yeah. yeah, 99. Yeah, 99. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, they were filthy. Yeah. Filthy, bro. God damn. It's like, it's funny because we're talking about this. It's like, you know, it's, it's not that these other teams don't have talent because NFL players come from like all these different, you know, schools. It's just like, 
it's just it's just sometimes you're just you're just hot or you're cohesive and you just you know it's like for me yeah. too it's like i got to play against guys who made like, like like you call yourself a slow simone i got to play against the fast simones in juco right up here because it's like a fucking pipeline from hawaii or polynesia or samoa or wherever and there's all coming overseas you know and like and like obviously you know i mean i was gigantic you know that whole line simone and yeah. like they they're legitimately like almost like nfl dude like, like like first round picks like borderline right yeah. And I mean, it's like, and eventually, like, even though we went 0 10, like, there are some guys who, like, I thought could legitimately play at, like, you know, D1 schools. And obviously, like, it's kind of like you, I transferred it, you know, and it's good. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Um, I mean, just that Maine where I was, the starting linebackers, um, my, my freshman year, me, Stephen Cooper, and then uh, Brandon McGowan, who was rotating in and out outside linebacker, we all played six plus years in the NFL. Yeah. And that was at Maine, right? Yeah. I mean, and in that division was Brian Westbrook, who was just an absolute terror. Man, he Fucking was beast. Golly. I remember, I remember, golly. Yeah, he's <laughs> tearing it up at Villanova. I mean, ridiculous. And then you know, you saw what he did at Philly and balled out. Uh so I mean there's talent everywhere. Um, there's guys that come from division three, you know. Um, yeah. who's uh is Pierre Garcon, I think, with the Mountain Union. Yeah. Um, there's a couple other guys from like Whitewater um, that have, have made it. So like, it doesn't matter if you could play and you're, you're dedicated to the game, you know, you're probably going to get an opportunity somewhere. And it just, do you make the most of the opportunity is really what it comes down to. And it's crazy. You're saying that because our last, you know, my last guest Darius, right. And like, you know, when you hear it, you're going to hear us go lit because <laughs> we're the same. We're just like, we're just literally chopping up. We're just fucking like everything out there. When he got the opportunity, he was saying the same thing. It's like, but like he said it very kind of bluntly, like, you, it can't just be that you work hard. You have to have the talent. You know what I mean? You have to have the ability and you have to be able to do it. Like, you know, I think for me as my ceiling, even though I wasn't able to make the NFL, I was able to play long enough post high school because my motivation to play wasn't to go to the NFL. My, my motivation to play was to just prove to myself, I can play the sport as long as I want to. And here I am talking and, to you. And you, love you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, and I mean, it's just interesting though, because it's like what you just said, it's like, um, like, if you can play, like, you'll get the opportunity. You know what I mean? I have teammates, you know, from all levels, you know, guys in the arena, you know, who, who got called up, you know, guys who I know, like, through mutual friends. Like, because my coach at SJCC, Coach K-Dub, James Jones from the Packers used to come to our spring ball, right? And so, because he was his coach at State. So, it was like a pipeline from SJCC to the State to SJSU. And obviously, like, you know I mean? For you, you're like, yeah, you SJSU, right? You just walk over. No, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not saying that. Yeah, no, I'm just, yeah, yeah, no, I'm just saying, like, you know, it's just, it's crazy because, like, we're talking about talent. We're talking about ability. We're talking about dedication. And I just, you know, it's, it's, it's like you said, if you're, if you're determined enough and you know that you can do it, you'll do it, you know? Well, that, yeah. I mean, that's literally every, I'm not going to say, you know, everybody was just saying, hey, you know, stop chasing your dream you're not going to make it but you know everybody they would humor me they're like yeah okay you know we believe you and and i could tell who you know, had my back and who supported me and but it doesn't matter because it's got do you believe in you is what it has to come down to and um, so when when i didn't get recruited and you know my dad i remember him telling me he's like well you know you just got to come up with a plan now like are you going to go to juco are you gonna you know um you know, prep school, like, what's up? Like, if you don't want to go to, if you don't have the options you want right now from a four-year school, then what are you going to do? And uh, so I was prepared to 
I didn't have the money to walk on. I, I would have walked on, you know, and, and proven my worth. That's why I went to Juco. Yeah, same here. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I don't know the money. <laughs> Fuck that. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so my, plan was, <laughs> my plan was to go to Juco and yeah. uh, and just get a scholarship after a year or two and uh, and see what happens. And uh, But uh, when I looked at, at Maine, I, I, they had a lot of good linebackers, and, um, and they were starting to send some people to the league. Yeah. And so I go, you know what? I'm, I'm definitely not going to go play quarterback. I don't see – I don't see any six, <laughs> six foot, two hundred fifty pound quarterback. You yeah. probably set a record for the shortest and heaviest quarterback at like six feet tall. <laughs> I wasn't that heavy in, in high school, and that was why I didn't get many linebacker offers because I was like maybe two ten. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, but maybe uh, like maybe like maybe like Will. Yeah, but so um, you know, I so that's what I just had to formulate a plan, you know, because uh, without a plan, you don't. You don't know where you're going. You don't have direction. And so that's, you know, the biggest thing for me, especially what I'm trying to tell these kids right now that I talk to, I do a lot of these Zoom chats um, with the Seahawks and uh, and for schools and, 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 you know, kids that want to, they aspire to play football. And I just tell them, you know, have a plan. You know, you're not able to play your senior year of ball right now, which that'd be devastating to a kid like me, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't stop me from chasing my dream of playing in the NFL. Bingo. Um, you know, so... Uh, that's, you know, my words of wisdom to any kids out there that might be listening. It's just, yo, have a plan and just you keep going until you don't love it anymore or you're told you can't do it anymore. You know, I, that's to me, I still loved it. I just couldn't do it at the level I was used to because of all the injuries, you know. So, um, you know, if it, when, when it's your passion, you don't get tired because you love what you're doing. So. 100%. I mean, look at me. I'm 30 years old still doing this shit for free. I don't care. <laughs> hey, respect, man. Respect. Yeah, Appreciate it, brother. You know, I mean, for real, and all the kids who are listening, because I do have a lot of kids from JUCO, that's that's the biggest thing for me, kind of what you just talked about, you know, like giving back. Like, that is why I continued playing. That's why I kept going, because I started getting noticed. Like, it's funny, because when I played in the arena, like the AIF, or like even with the AFL, I had the little combine tryout, social media wasn't as big as it was, especially during your time when you played. There wasn't Instagram until 2011 or 2012, right? If Facebook wasn't was just kind of coming into the fold, right? I, and yeah. yeah. Twitter was out. But Twitter, yeah, but that, that is... I don't think they had video even back then. I, no, they didn't. Instagram was out. It was like yeah. nothing. It was my last two or three years, Instagram was out. And it was getting big. Um, but it just but, started getting big because I yeah. played the same year. Your last year was my for my last year playing the AIF, 2012. So I just wanted... Well, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you're right. It wasn't huge. Like It started to gain traction and it's not what yeah. it is now, like you're saying. Yeah. yeah, you know, and I think to that point, you know, I think it's just like... That's my point is playing semi-pro or indoor ball in the Midwest. Cause, cause obviously regionally indoor, indoor football doesn't exist in the West coast anymore. Right. AFL contracted San Jose Sabercats. There's not that much. In, in, so if you go to the Midwest, they still have all the teams that I used to play against when I was playing and just to be there and, and to kind of scrimmage against some of those teams, like the Western Michigan Ironman, if you're familiar, you might not know them, but they're out there in Michigan, you know, I mean, they're like, they're like, they're like a, they're like a tier one AIF team. I mean, if you're mm-hmm. familiar AFL, then tier one A is like AIF. That's where I played. That's where I got this. So basically, um, that's there. They have like NFL guys who like went to USC, like Ronald. I forgot his last name, like the receiver, Ronald Johnson, I think, or I forgot his name. Um, you know, and, and a few other guys. But the point is, like th- those 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 pro teams. Actually, where am I going with this? What, what were we talking about? How, how the fuck did I live my train of thought? What the fuck kind of host am I? God damn, I suck. Giving back. And... Yeah, and so no, I think the point is the social media presence for me playing with the Falcons 
in Chicago, like you asked me, you saw me playing in Chicago. That's what I was going. You saw me playing in Chicago. That was with the Chicago Falcons. That was my last year competitive playing, 2018. The social media impact that that had got me such a wider following. Like you can't see on IG, but I have like 5,000 followers on my Facebook fan page. I have 3,000 followers on my personal page, 33, 3,400. You add IG, you have 700, whatever it is. It's like over like eight to 9,000 total followers on social media. And that was my whole point of this. It's like social media became big, so big that a semi-pro player like me can get motherfuckers asked for autograph. Yes, I did play pro, but they don't know about the pro because all they've seen is semi-pro on social media. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's all, and, and whether it's marketing, whatever, it's just crazy. You know what I mean? I, that's why, yeah. that's my point. Yeah. It is. It's, you know, it's, it's a powerful tool these days um, for, for, you know, uh, having reach to, to your audience and everything. Yeah. And, um, and even just to what we were saying with about social media, and having a plan for, for maybe some of the Jugo kids or listening or whatever. I just saw on Instagram that some kid that's at Ohio, he made a tape of his AAU years. He made a highlight tape of his AAU years uh, in basketball. And he put it out there on Twitter and he got a full scholarship to University of Ohio. I mean, so if you're listening, like, you know, you know, don't sit around. What am I going to do? Just take action, man. And like, you know, make those tapes, send them anywhere. Now you don't have to actually send a hard copy of a tape. You can like send a file over yeah. a computer, which is as old as I am, 38. I'm just like, wow, that's amazing. Bingo. No, even, even for me, because I graduated high school in 08. And so Facebook was just taken off at that time. I started my Facebook my, after my senior year, like after I walked on SJCC, that spring ball, you know? At least you had CDs and DVDs, bro. I, I'd send out VHS, bro. I'm fucking, I remember VHS. Come on now, dude. Like, you can't just fucking sit there and say, oh, yeah, you had, you were just CDs and Walkmans. And yes, I was. You're right. But guess what? I had VHS too. I used to make fucking castles out of those VHS. I used to have like this, this castle. Yeah, those are your <laughs> toys. That was how I got my film out. That's how you got your film. I used to like put my Hot Wheels, like, you know, kind of like ride it down into like the little castle like all the way around and back over and like little kind of loop-de-loops and shit anyone oh, listening yeah no this is this you get to learn more about me every single day on this awesome. <laughs> yeah. oh my god oh, are you enjoying yourself right now Lofa? i mean like is this is this meeting your expectations it is man everything and more you got great energy brother I like bingo you. i appreciate it brother. let's talk oh, more about the c sorry it's all about energy baby it's all oh, about about it. i'm not sure if i show you this but yeah this one says my name, special yeah, teams player, player of the year. Of the year. And okay. right there is the actual trophy for that. That's dope. Yeah, it's dope. And you can see that little photo I took. You already saw the photo, but I mean, I, I, I put, I, that's from like July this year. Nice. August. Yeah, nice. Yeah, no. That's Kurt Angle's autograph. That's Stone Cold's autograph. That's Floyd Mayweather's autograph. You saw that already. Yeah. But yeah. So anyhow, <laughs> now I just need yours. I need to put yours there, dude. I got you, man. I, got I appreciate you. it. I appreciate it. No. Okay, now let's talk about the Seahawks, all right? You you get drafted to the Seahawks. You're there with Matt Hasselbeck. Mike Holmgren, so your rookie year, you make the Super Bowl. Talk to me about your rookie year. What was it like getting drafted? Obviously, you weren't recruited heavily, right? So what? how was that experience like? Yeah, you know, it was a lot, very similar to the recruiting process that I experienced in college or going to college was like, there was no buzz. There was yes. <laughs> nothing. Like, and to the point... <laughs> Yeah. And I, I, I'm reading shit online, you know, I definitely shouldn't have done it, but I'm reading all these experts saying, yo, he's too short. He's too slow. Um, I don't even know why he didn't go back to SC. You know, like I don't, I don't see him getting drafted until the fifth, maybe sixth round, you know, possible free agent. And I'm just like, right. like me, like shit, did I make a mistake? Like, <laughs> I, 
<laughs> I tried to chase another national championship, but uh, you know, I, it didn't matter to me again. And that was, you know, the, the confidence uh, I led the team. I did everything I set out to do at SC and, you know, one win a championship and, and two, you know, perfect my craft and get better, you know, by playing against the best. And we did, man, the, all the all Americans and, you know, future hall of famers from that, those, those years, it was the best of the best. And that gave me the confidence to go to the NFL as a junior to leave my junior year. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't getting any taller, wasn't any, you know, faster. It's just face the facts <laughs> and let's move on. And so that was, it was a very business mind uh, right. approach I took to it. Right. And so, and that's another thing I want to tell you listeners, you know, it, you know what to do in your heart. So if your heart has moved on, and I'm talking about anything in life, if your heart has moved on from a job, from, you know, a relationship, trust your heart, your heart. Yeah. Your heart knows, man. And you, you because you don't have, then you're stuck in a, either a job or a situation where you're half-assing it and don't ever do that, man. Don't, don't do disservice to yourself or to, you know, whoever else is out there. Uh, time is very precious. We don't really get so much of it. So don't waste it. And, you know, I decided to go and then no one was calling me. I had a horrible combine. Um, I was like, holy shit, man. I just ran a four, eight, three. And I probably just dropped to like third or fourth round. Cause I felt like I was going to go second round. I yep. know I'm, I felt like I was good enough to go first round, but I, I wasn't one of the, the pretty boys, the six, two, two fifty, four, four, like, that just wasn't me. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I just, I said, let's go. And when the Seattle Seahawks traded up, you know, not just in that round, but they traded two fourth round picks. That's a lot of draft capital. Oh, absolutely. To go up and get somebody that everybody was trashing. When I, I'm talking, <laughs> Mel Kuyper was on, he's like shuffling papers, trying to find the paper oh, with the name the- on it. And he's like, I got a lot of guys you know, rated higher than him. This is very shocking to me. Uh, another guy was, was crushed us in the draft grades. They said they reached for two two undersized linebackers, me and Leroy Hill. And um, and so it was like, you know, nothing's changed. Still got to gotta prove myself, you know. Just like when I wasn't wanted coming out of high school, when I transferred and everybody's like, yo, who is this dude from Maine? And then now going to the league, it was just – it was nothing new to me. And it wasn't, it, it, instead of frustrated, it got, now when I was coming out of high school, that was just soul crushing. Like, yeah. holy shit. I don't have, you know, I'm not as good as I thought I was. I'm not, you know, I didn't even get the offers I wanted. Um, you know, it's a wake up call and I'm glad it happened because then you saw what it set forth for, for me. Cause you know, shit happens in life, everybody you know, how you react is, is all that matters. And, and I responded favorably because, because I had the plan. And so when they traded up for me and, and I heard everybody say, you know, they made a mistake. I was like, you know what, I'm going to prove them all wrong again. And, uh, and I'm going to prove Seattle right for, for trading, you know, a lot of draft capital for me. 100%, you know, and you obviously did that. You were able to prove them right. You're able to play in this year, boy, your rookie year. Were you a Pro Bowl section that year? I think you were, right? Uh, I was an alternate, yeah. And I, and alternate, I went, yeah, yeah. And you went the next year. You went three straight Pro Bowls. Or was that? My first three years, yeah. Yeah, first three years, three straight Pro Bowls. First team All-Pro 2007. Yeah, it was, man, and that's, as great as that all sounds, it's only possible because, you know, you have a great team. And I mean, yeah. you know, 
I was blessed at SC. Uh, I had like seven or eight All-Americans or future All-Americans and first day draft picks uh, mm-hmm. on the defensive line. Same yeah. with the secondary. Um, so, you know, you have a lot of help and no one does it alone. But, um, you know, it's always important to recognize, you know, how instrumental everybody on that team. Because that D-line that I had at SC, but then the one I got in the NFL, Grant Wistrom, um, a guy I always loved watching growing up when he was with Nebraska. Uh, Bryce Fisher, you know, uh, just a beast. Rocky Bernard, Chartrick Darby. There's, you know, now while they, some of them aren't household names to everybody. If you know football, you know who all those guys were. And they I were, know, dog, I know. They were, they were dogs, man. I mean, I watched, they, I watched all those guys come here and beat the shit out of my Niners, then go back and then beat them they, up there where you are, and then get they, another. Go ahead. They, they, they just went out there and kicked people's ass, man. And I yeah. was like, man, this is this is awesome. Like to to come to this team and like, because everybody was talking about the offense, right? Yeah. You got, you got Walter Jones, Steve Hutchinson, you got uh, Sean, Sean Alexander. Yep. You got all these stars, right? You know. Yeah. But I was like, when I got the defense, I was like, man, we we got some beasts out here, and and you know, and we did. You know, we kicked a lot of ass. You did. <laughs> that was fun. Very fun, man. I got to ask you, what do you think about the Super Bowl officiating? Did anyone has, because I mean, you know, obviously, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm, I'm only asking because obviously I was in the same situation, the AI, a much smaller scale, but when, when you fucking, when we get blown out, it's a different story, but you guys, you, I mean, yeah, go ahead. So that, yeah, you're right, man. That's what's kind of, it's a little harder to, you know, come to peace with or make terms with because um, in that regard, if we got blown out, I'm yeah. like, yo, so fucking what, you know? Like, exactly. Like, I'm still like, wearing it. <laughs> a one score game until, you know, the, the final touchdown or whatever it was. Um, and, and then to have, we all thought, you know, it was, it was kind of, you know, fucked up what was going on. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're not thinking it, not thinking it in the game, but right. when you go to read the shoot after and you're like, holy shit, man, like 10 plus penalties and all those yards. Um, it brought back a big kick, brought back a big touch or pass down to the one yard line where yeah. we would have taken the lead. So like that goes through your mind. You're just like, man, you know, that is, that is kind of fucked up. And, but there's nothing you could do about it. And, you know, such is life. You control what you can control because it wasn't like they were going to re, you know, line us back up and play again the next week. You know, it's over. Right. And yeah. you got to just, you got to move on. It, it sucks. <laughs> Trust me. It took me a while to get over it. Yeah. Uh, you know, no, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm not saying I'm completely over, but I can talk about it and not, you know, you know, sit here and cry like like I did right <laughs> after we lost. Why well, wouldn't you? Yeah, good. Yeah, because because they came out. I think four or five years later, um, they those officials, one or a couple, the head official, he came out to ref one of our scrimmages. Yeah, Bill, whatever his name is, I forgot yeah. his name. And he, um, you know. He was he was in tears apologizing to us. Now that was hard for me to take one because I didn't want, I didn't want to see the man cry. You know I know I know that hurts for him to have to think about that over and over. But um, you know it was not too little too late. It was just like yo man like I would have rather gone to my deathbed with you saying hey I uh, I saw it how I saw it. If you know replay made it wrong. Well, that's replay. I saw it in real time and I saw what I saw. So I could have made terms in peace with that. But how I do try to make something positive out of a very negative situation 
is, you know, that year was spectacular and I'll never forget it. A lot of fans don't ever forget it because Seattle had never even, you know, been to the NFC Championship, never mind the Super Bowl. Yeah. And, um, and you know, and they remind us. And I'm glad in 13, Seattle finally got a, you know, a Super Bowl and a championship because this city is amazing. But how we make peace with it is that the moment wasn't too big for me and my teammates. And, yeah. you know, and that's that's really what it's about. It's um, we were we were there. We we played the best we could, and, um, and external forces, things beyond our control, uh, took the game away from us. So that's how you make peace with it as as a competitor and uh, and a man. Absolutely, you know, and I think that when you can kind of, when you can when you can find that peace with it, you know, it makes it makes it makes just rehashing it a little bit it softens the blow just a bit. You know what I mean? Absolutely, no, it yeah. does because I mean it it stung, you know especially the next two years when we got really close to the divisional losing by an overtime field goal to the divisional against green Bay, where we're up 14, nothing, the snow comes down and they just blow us out. So, you know, it's like, you know, we like, we like had the wrong cleats on people slipping and falling everywhere. No excuses. (laughs) They're professionals and they're playing in the same exact circumstances and weather, but it's just like, it's, and then you know, to end that deep of a run of a playoff both years, you know, consecutively and watch somebody else get, you know, crowned champion. It's just like, ah, oh, God, we, we were right there. We we're just two games away again. We yeah. were a championship and the Super Bowl away. And, um, but those, those are some of the most fun years, you know, I ever had playing ball. 100%. And this ring right here with the Falcons is actually a conference championship ring. If you can mm. read that. So it's like you know we actually well we didn't we didn't we didn't win it but we still got these rings so fuck it. Played in it. <laughs> exactly. You know I mean I, I I played in the championship game in the AIF, conference championship game with the Falcons the RFL and the league disbanded, so it's whatever. But it's like you know both times I got blown out so I was like I can't you know what I mean like it wasn't like it was never close like first time we got blown seventy two to twenty seven what was that what it was or something like that close like fifty two point whatever, and seventy seventy nine points Anyways. and then the second one was. I think you're right, though. Like you said, like, you know, if you got blown out, it's like, hey, you know, hats off to them, man. Congrats. You Bingo. Know? You know, I mean, they just they served their will, they, you know, yeah. and that's they, that's it. They had it. Yeah, they, they were they were the better team, you know, um, which, you know, that's how I felt when we won the national championship in college. Um, you know, we we blew Oklahoma out and, you know, they had probably better NFL pros on that team. Adrian Peterson, obviously. I mean, they, they, their guys had better careers, I'd say, than the bulk the majority of ours. But we were the better team. And if we played them 100 times, I really believe we beat them 100 times. Yeah. Because that's how fundamentally sound we were. They were extremely talented. I don't take anything away from them. They are all really great NFL players. But it was just, um, you know, man, we, we were a machine then. 100%. The big red and yellow machine. Big red and gold machine, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Cardinal and gold. <laughs> exactly. Cardinal gold. I like that. Yo, it, it wasn't funny when the Rams couldn't get a stadium and then they're playing in the USC and had to go watch them play your Hawks down there at fucking LA Memorial Coliseum. It's like half empty. Like, what gives, man? I never <laughs> check this out. I never, <laughs> yeah, we could. I never lost a game in that stadium until I coached. And because, uh, you know, we went. Yeah. Uh, 13 and or 13 or 14 and 0 the two years I was there and then went back there to coach and we lost the game and I was just like I have never lost here I was yeah. I was sick to my stomach yeah um, I can even imagine though I, even though I'm yeah. just coaching yeah I'm not even playing but yeah. it's like, 
it doesn't matter. You're still on the field where you played. You know what I mean? It's, it, it hits close to home. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like, it's funny we're talking about this um, because one of my coaches, Coach K-Dub, um, who was my receivers coach, the last guy is Darius Prince. I keep referencing him. I don't know why. Well, something's wrong with me. But it's oh, like, you know, he, yeah, yeah, because oh, he he works with him. He worked with him. And it's like, we can, we were connect like that. And I didn't realize until I actually asked him the question. I saw that K-Dub was following him. I'm like, yo, how do you know this dude? I'm like, oh, he's like, I work with him. I'm like, that was my fucking college coach. How the fuck you know this? And you're in the, I was like, damn. Like football, like, I feel like the longer you play, the smaller the circle gets. And you just, you know, the six degree separation, you know what I mean? So. Yeah, for sure. For sure, you know. So anyways. Yeah, I mean, Sean McVay is going to beat your guys' ass. I'm sorry. I mean, no disrespect to you or your coaching staff, but Sean McVay is going to whoop your ass anytime. I knew it because when I saw that team, when he first got there, he just came in like this. Yeah. And, you know, it's like almost like it's almost like Belichick Jr. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't smile. He doesn't just like. He's, he's a brilliant offensive mind. I'll give him that. He's very creative with his play calling and, uh, and what he does. Oh, but you'll like this, though. When I was there, 2017, you guys won. And uh, Jared Goff, because because he, he threw a pick straight to Earl. Earl's just like right there. <laughs> a lot of people threw picks straight to Earl. Earl's no, but he was, no, he was, he was legitimately like straight over the field. There was no receiver There's in the like air. Nobody I'm like, there, just Earl. No, they just say, he just airs it out. And Earl's right there. Like, oh, nice. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so, actually, let's talk about your coaching career. Because, wait, no, talk, yeah, let's, okay. When your last season in Seattle, you were playing for Pete Carroll at that point, right? Yeah, yep. How is that like? You know what I mean? Because you got to play for your college coach in the pros. Like, I mean, isn't that kind of like a trip? Yeah, it was. I mean, it was like, like, like time had not, like time stood still. Like we were just like right back to college again. Um, and uh, yeah, the guy just keeps getting younger every year. Like, you yeah, know, exactly. And we call him the Benjamin Button of, of you know, head coaches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Reverse aging. But, yeah. uh, but you know, he, uh, he brought that, winning mentality and that culture up here even though like we had you know our, our roster is a lot of turnover over the last two or three because we went from Holmgren to Mora to Pete in three straight years yeah um, three you know and so there's a lot of turnover with the roster and him and John John Schneider they really revamped it and continue there's so many different transactions going on in terms of players brought in worked out I mean you didn't know had, I think it was set like it was like 211 like player transactions, like, you know, waving somebody, picking somebody up, bringing somebody in to work out that, I mean, over what, 16 weeks, that, that that's high volume of, you know, uh, turnover. And so, um, you know, I think that's what kind of happened on top of, you know, injured reserve and things like that. That's, that's why, you know, we went seven and nine and we were the first losing division winners, right? There was yeah. in, in like league history to, to win their division with the losing record. The entire NFC West was like how the uh, NFC East looks right now. Yeah, exactly. And you're just like you're waiting for somebody to just make a move and like get the lead, and it didn't. It was like us, the Rams, Niners, us, the just over and over and <laughs> over like, and over. Yeah. And the Cardinals were like they really weren't that far out of it. I mean, eventually they were, but it was just it was insane. Yeah. But you know, he brought that belief and that winning mentality and, and just changing the culture to. Um, to knowing and believing, you know, in, in what you're doing and your, you know, your execution of, of the game plan. And so you couple that with the guys that John Schneider brought in here. Um, I mean, his first class, it was incredible, man. Uh, Russ Ocon, Pro Bowler, Earl Thomas, potential Hall of Famer. Easily. Uh, yeah. Uh, Golden Tate, second round. Second uh, round. Yep. Yeah. Cause we had two first and then Golden Tate. Um, 
I'm trying to forget. I'm trying to remember who was third. I don't think we had a third. I think we had a couple fours. Walter Thurman, you know, Oregon DB, who was just a beast. Um, fifth round, a guy by the name of Cam Chancellor. Maybe. Oh, I hate him because of that. That will that the, the Vernon Davis hit. It's still <laughs> in my head, dude. I'm just like, Vernon's head too. Vernon's yeah. Head, <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, he, what? He hits everybody like that, man. It's I mean, it happens. Oh, that's what I want to ask you. Okay, perfect. Hawk tackling. Are you familiar with the term hawk tackling? Okay. Damn. Is it true that what it is is that they wrap and then they twist? Is that how well, it works? No, that's that is a form or you know a subset of hawk tackling. Hawk tackling is just shoulder leverage, you know, um, head behind, you know, yeah. because that's where a lot of people are getting. It's really it's rugby style tackling. Yeah. And so you're running and you're keeping leverage. You're keeping your head behind him, which is, you know, you're trying to put the shoulder on him, you know? Right. Because you used, we used to be taught back, back when I played, it was like, yo, get the head across, get the head out in front, right? Yeah. So that, but no, that's where all the side hits of the head and concussions come from. And um, so when they do try to cut back, your leverage foot and shoulders up. Now there is when, when they, if they continue to run, you roll with pressure. And so- right. It's almost like a gator, you know, would do to its its prey or its food, you know? They grab and they, they twist. And so you, you grab the legs and then you spin with the pressure. So if you're going actually this way, you're just going to keep going that way. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, make, it makes sense because the force, and especially you as a defender, me as a special teamer, playing kickoff and playing gunner, you know this as well as I do. When you're going full speed and either if you're, head, if you're leading with the head or if you're leading with your shoulder, it's very hard to stop your momentum, you know, especially oh, yeah. like, you know, and so it's like when they made, when they made that targeting rule, I understand the reason for it, yeah. but at the same time, it's like, you know, yeah, I mean, you, you can go ahead. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how I would have played because. Yeah, exactly. Right. Put my crown into, you know, your chin. Yeah. Crown was straight. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's I, why. You know, I mean, we it's taught, yeah. We were taught to knock out, knock people out, man. Yo, it's, we're my, going Going for the head. Boom. My, my, Mike Tyson's knockout. <laughs> That's the truth. That's, um, you know, somewhere along the lines, the the helmet went from a safety device to a weapon. And that's right. really what happened. Is there? There's always going to be, you know, guys crazy enough, like me, that will lead with the head. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, one, that's what you, you were taught. I was taught my whole life. Get the head across the chest, you know, strike through the near pack and slide up through across the chin. That's what I was taught. And so, you know, how do you change how you attack? And the last thing you want to do is, you know, go in there, you know, half step and like, okay, I'm going to try to slow down. That's when you get hurt. Yeah. Because when you, when you, and, and that's funny, you brought that up about how you get hurt. People don't realize this, but you get hurt when you don't go full speed. You don't go, go full, full speed. Yeah. You know, yeah, and yeah. I learned that firsthand when I walked on SJCC. I was they put me on defense because my my slot was my 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 right running was garbage, like complete garbage. They put me on defense, and then I was in a cover too. And then the guy comes up on me, and then but I have like a perfect angle to just get him because he sits like you know that little zone right between the mic, yeah. and I'm like I'm like right there, and I go like this, and I'm a little scared because he turns right right like when he after he catches, he turns. I'm like oh, and then I'm like okay, I'm just gonna go, Ugh. and then all of a sudden he goes, Bang! and I'm like then I go I go flying back. Yeah. I'm like what the fuck just happened? And the kid, and the coach is like, what the fuck you doing, Eddie? What you know you know he's supposed to hit full speed. Ugh! He chewed my ass up, and then I'm like oh wait, and I try it again next time. I'm like okay, I'm gonna hit him, and I and I 
you know, yeah. wrapped. And I was like, oh, this is a lot easier. I don't, why, why am I, why am I stopping? You know what I mean? This is hurt. I'm, I'm going through the guy next time. Right, right Big, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But yeah, dude, ain't no half stepping. Half stepping, man, for sure. Let's talk more about zone and CBD. Obviously, um, you know, actually your coaching career was a great career. So, I mean, but yeah, I mean, let's talk about zone and CBD. You know what I mean? Because, you know, you started it a few years ago, right? How many I years ago? Just had our first uh, birthday, October 16th. I'm, I'm pleased to announce it. Oh, so you just started a year ago. My baby is one year old. Yeah. Oh, congratulations. Just like my little nephew who I saw in Jersey. Oh, man. That's what you said about jet setting. That's why I'm, I'm all over. It's like family and friends all over the place. So, you know, and so, I mean, kind of talk to me about it. Like the business model. And and, and 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 before you get into it, let me just let me just con- add context because I'm not sure if you watch UFC, but I mean like you know Nate Diaz uh, against uh, after second McGregor fight, he had that vape pen. He's talking about CBD and the benefits of it, you know. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. So yeah, go ahead and talk about this model, kind of you know if there's any athletes currently using it, etc. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, well, Zone and CBD. Uh, it's a CBD brand that you know um, was brought to the market over the last year. I've been taking CBD for about four years now. And yeah. this CBD, but full spectrum oil, which is it's a form of extract. You know, it's the whole plant and it's hemp derived, not, not, which is a cannabis plant, but it's not cannabis or marijuana, I should say. And the only difference between those two is the amount of THC. You know, hemp under 0.3% THC is federally legal for interstate commerce and, you know, across the nation. Uh, not, you know, CBD derived from cannabis or marijuana is not deemed legal because it's not federally legal, right? THC. So, um, you know, I got in the industry four years ago because uh, it changed my life, man. Uh, football, as we know, you know, we, we were talking about the good years and eventually I'll come back and I'll talk about the hard years. My last, my, you know, first three years were great. My last three years were tough. Yeah, exactly. Because of injuries, man. And, um, you know, in my six years of football, including some college too, there's a couple of surgeries there, but we had 10 surgeries and, you know, 15 plus concussions, man. And, yeah. and the concussions are no joke. Um, <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> I'm telling you in terms of, I, I hope I don't get any ever again, uh, injuries or surgeries, but I would opt for a surgery um, if it's over. You know, over a concussion. Yeah, because it's that it's that detrimental to your health, man. Um, you know, happiness is a mindset. We hear that over and over again. It's true because a happy or you know grateful perspective, you know, allows you to really see things for what they're worth, and you know, what be grateful for what you have, you know, not what you're lacking, you know, or anything like that. You know, that's why um, I'm just a big proponent of it because it really. It's helped heal my mind first. And once yeah. my mind got healed, it woke up my body. And because what, what CBD does, it's a plant compound from hemp and it responds to our endocannabinoid system. Our endocannabinoid system is a system comprised of cell receptors in our brain and in our body. Athletes are known for the mind-body connection, right? And that's you know why everybody's like, wow, they, they marvel what they could do because they're so, you know, zoned in with <laughs> who they are and how they move yeah. and it's it's an art form really and um so with that this endocannabinoid system it regulates mood uh it regulates your immune system it regulates appetite whether it increases your appetite or suppresses it it brings it to balance so that you're you know you know in the moment and you know 
thriving on all cylinders, right? It's uh, firing on all cylinders. And then um, inflammation, it's anti-inflammatory. It's a neuroprotectant, meaning it, it can help with cognitive deficits that I was going through in terms of memory, memory loss, short-term memory loss, um, you know, information, you know, reten retention, information retention, even how I learn. Yeah. Uh, I've seen an increase in, um, you know, retaining all that information. And, um, and then also just from a, a focus, which is why we call it zone in standpoint, it's been much improved and it, it regulates our stress levels, uh, which is, you know, very important, you know, because everybody's, they think, oh, CBD is for sleep. Yeah, in high doses, in high yeah. doses, you know, 50, 60, 70 milligrams and up, it will have a sedative effect, you know? Um, and just so everybody that's out there listening, you can't overdose on it. You're just going to get tired and wake up better rested. That's exactly. that's the one thing of taking too much. When you get tired, you know you've hit your threshold for um, how much CBD you should be taking. And that's kind of a good monitor. And um, man, I'm just telling you like, life after ball just got amazing you know from from having all the surgeries and you know i'm talking in every facet man um my work life my family life most importantly um not being in constant pain and being yeah. Yeah, <laughs> right man i'm telling you man that shit was yeah, i'm uh, telling you i was overweight i was you know out of shape always in pain and now I'm back working out harder than I did, you know, or as hard as I did when I was in the NFL. Um, I look and feel better than I did when I, in any year of my life. And it's, it's like, it's like, it's been the fountain of youth for me. And so when that transformation happened in my first year of my journey with, with CBD and full spectrum oil, I just started buying it up and just handing it out to everybody because um, you know, it's one thing for you to come back to life or, you know, feel like superhuman again, but when you see somebody else start living a life that they never knew before, or they never even dreamt was possible, that's, that's why we started this company because we're getting all these, you know, testimonials about, Hey, did you know it does this for you? And I'm talking like, you know, it's incredible with all the things that people are dealing with and how it's helped rectify and, and fix and even solve for a lot of these, these problems. So uh, we're helping people on the health and wellness journey you can find out more about us at zonencbd.com. Um, and, you know, we'll hopefully be in more retail stores as, you know, 2021 should open up a little more um, yeah. from, from this, the, the pandemic. But um, yeah, right now it's been very, very crucial for a lot of people in their mental well-being because of, you know, the state of the world, you know, um, and what, what we're all going through um, with, having to adjust on the fly, right? Uh, 2020 was supposed to be this magical great year, right? That's what it ended up. And then they're like, oh shit, man. Like 2020 was, it's, it, and it's not over, you know? Not over. It could always be worse. And that's how, you know, it's, that's that you have to think about it. Just be grateful that, you know, you know, I'm doing this with you right now, man. We're here talking ball. And because I, I hadn't been on a podcast before this year. I had never, you know, but then I started, so you got to find opportunities in every situation to make the best of it. And that's really what I could say about CBD, man. I, I could talk for hours about this. So I, let's I keep going. Are you, are you going on time or what? Huh? No, well, I just, I, I got, I got a couple more minutes, but uh, oh, cool. I'm just saying, it's, um, it, when you it changed your life, my life so much that 
when I handed out the other, I started seeing them come back to life and it was incredible. So I was like, oh, when the farm bill passed in 2018, um, right, it was December or September of 18, I think. I mean, it might have been November of 18. We, we got a team together and we just started uh, started zoning CB and we've just been going and changing lives ever since. And, you know, I just, that's my new mission in life is just to, you know, sing this plant's praises because, um, you know, as you say, like, you know, some of the ultimate fighters, they're promoting, a lot of people are advocating on behalf of it because it's stigma, you know, the stigma. It's like when you say hemp, they're like, oh, you know, weed or cannabis or, you know, we say marijuana. It's like, no, I mean, yes, it's a form of cannabis, same gene of plant, genus of plant, but it's, you know, trying to educate them. And, and I think this, this plant is going to, I know this plant is going to heal a lot of what the world is going through. Yeah. And so I'm excited and honored to be doing this, grateful to be doing this. And, uh, you know, I'm going to do it the rest of my life as long as I'm, I'm blessed to be here. Um, just keep singing its praises because it's, man, it is helping people become their best. So absolutely. No, I could see that. You know, I see that obviously in your story. I can see that, you know, kind of everyone being influenced by reaching their goals, reaching their fitness goals, you know. Obviously for me, you know, I mean I used to be underway my entire playing career. Now here I am and I finally got the weight because I hit 30. <laughs> and it's like finally, you know what I mean? So I mean well, I mean 11 years too late, but shit. Hey, fuck it. I'm not trying to be NFL. But um, you know, I mean kind of like you know, with that, you know, kind of influencing lives and impacting lives is the whole reason why I'm still involved with the game having this podcast, being on social media, kind of what you're doing here, kind of why we're on this talking to each other. You know what I mean? Cause it's all about giving back. We're all separated by six degrees of separation. And just obviously we don't realize how close we are connected. And I totally agree with you. you know? Yeah. And so, I mean, you know, if we start treating ourselves better because it starts, you know, inside, imagine how much better we're going to be for the world and each other. Like, you know, it's, and like you said, I've always believed that, um, our greatest purpose in life is to help. We're not here for long, man. I don't care if you're blessed to live for a hundred years. You know, it's going to go by like that. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Just like that. That's go on by. the goat. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but you, you know, your purpose, all of our purpose is to just help as many people as we can while we're here. Cause life's hard, man. And this is one thing that's made life very easy, which is why we call it zone in. Uh, yeah. It's made it seamless. And zone in is playing off of, in positive psychology, the flow state is known as being in the zone. Right. Being totally immersed in the moment. And every athlete knows about um, being in the zone and, and playing their best performance. Uh, every musician having their best, every artist, um, you know, losing themselves in the moment and thoroughly enjoying it and, and getting the best out of it. And so that's, uh, that's how we came up with the name. And um yeah, man. I'm grateful to be doing this and I appreciate you uh, helping me spread the message. Brother. Absolutely. No, I appreciate you having on the podcast and, you know, I still have some more stuff to get through, but we don't have enough time. So we have to we, schedule you for another day. Let's, yeah. Well, I'll definitely jump on and do another one, bro. Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, well, yeah, I guess, I guess I'll ask a few more things before you have to go. Um, so I'm the first Pakistani player to play in the AF or not get played in the AF, AF, I mean, we go shit, but Gibran Hamdan is the first ever to play in the NFL and you, <laughs> You, yes, you. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. No, who do you think made this beautiful? I was about program? to say, dude. Okay, so check this out. I hit him up after I after I quote unquote retire. I mean, here I'm back with this. So <laughs> after last year, and then and then he's like, and I'm like, hey, you don't know me, but it's like, you know, I used to watch you, this and that, but I'm both Pakistani. And he's like, and like I saw and I saw some of his fashion stuff. I'm like, okay, shit. Like, you know, I'm like, yeah, this is this is like raw, and you know, and he's so passionately, like, you know, just like, like you're good. He's like, he is one of the most talented, not just football, because 
Yeah, your boy didn't even. I think he played one year of high school ball or two years, and he got yeah. a full ride to Indiana. Yeah, and then he balled out. He got yeah. like a fourth, fourth round. Was it fourth round, right? I don't, I'm not sure what round he got drafted. But yeah, he got drafted. Do you know how hard that, how, I mean, you do because you didn't play in high school, right? So that's yeah. that learning, the learning curve of not just, not just the rules of the game, but how to play that game. So it's, we're talking about one of the most intelligent people I've ever been around. And um, he's just an absolute beast. And yeah, I went to him because I knew he was a designer. And I was like, yo, I told him about my story and, you know, how it changed my life and, you know, being in the zone. He goes, all right, I got it. You know, and he drew me up like three different, um, you know, samples. And I went with the color scheme from one of them. And then I went with the design of the third one. And I was like, yo, I want this. And he was like, yeah, all right. So we put it together. And, you know, now, so we have the logo, man. I mean, and in the, it's raw as fuck, dude. Look at that shit. No, like, in, the, like, in the logo, you got the negative space Z right here for, you know, zone in. <laughs> and then you got the triangles, man. You got the deltas, the symbol. That the symbol for change or the difference of, right? Because, oh yeah, I'm gonna blow your mind right now. I'm, it's being blown, keep going. <laughs> because right here, in the, if you zone in on the logo, if you look in the middle, you got this little, you got the green arrows, right? The, the triangles, the green deltas. And some people are, they're too high in life. They're too much energy, you know? Um, and they need to come down a little bit and center themselves. They need to come to back. I, I know. I can, <laughs> Low, yeah. Some of us are over here. I'm low energy and it helps bring me up, you know? And so, because they say that balance, balance. Yeah. And that's what we call our product balance. So balance is a key to life, man. Everything in moderation. And you know, that's the key to happiness, man. And so um, it helps balance you out, whatever you're lacking, um, it's going to give you. And um, yeah, so now we got one last Delta. It's right over the eye. It's the forward-facing delta, the symbol for play. Yeah. And because we were founded by, um, you know, me and 12 of my, my, my friends, um, you know, 12 other athletes spanning across NFL, former NFL players, uh, Major League Baseball, and, um, and golf. And so just, you know, honored to be spreading the message and, and doing what we're doing. But, yeah, Gibran knocked that out of the park with this one, man. I fucking love it, dude. Oh my fucking god, it's so cool. I mean, you guys—if if you guys are just listening to the podcast, you can't see what I'm seeing, but I'll probably post a video of this on YouTube so you can see it. Just or probably post like a little snippet of it on my IG for IGTV, just so you can see this—the—the—the the, the, the intricacy of this design. It's just like I, my mind's of, blown, man. There's a lot of thought and love. Yeah. And, uh, you but Jabron, you know, I mean, he he gave me the culture earlier after he graduated me. He's like, yeah, he's like, I I I'm like, hey man, like, you know, I'll go, I'll 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 come by and visit your fashion line, and he then he, he, he never responded. He's like, all right, fuck it. I'm like, all right, cool, thanks, appreciate the congrats. <laughs> I just screenshot that. Uh, <laughs> go ahead. No, he <laughs> Jabron, he doesn't mean anything by it. He just, I don't know, he's an artist. He's a true artist. He, he just, really is. I mean, yeah. have you have you seen the stories where he was talking about like you know like how he's trying to creatively like envision this next line or next product? And he's like, and I remember he's talking about broke Gibran. He's like, I don't want to go back to broke Gibran. I can't do that. I need to get here. I he's like, I need to get a little bit. And he's literally, I need to get a little bit more creative. I need to get a little bit more edgy. I need to get a little bit more. I'm like, this guy's fucking like, it's, it's oh. like you said, zoned in to, to his passion. He's brilliant, dude. And uh, you know, it's don't take it personal. He doesn't get back to. Sometimes he doesn't get back to me. You know. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, man, I, that guy just. Yeah, I'm just I'm just I don't no he's he's a great dude. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. 
No, just an absolute beast, man. He's a beast, bro. I mean, and that's why, you know, when we talk about QB, I know I can't play QB because I, I saw him play QB. And it's like, and he, I'm like, that's a standard QB, you know? And I'm like, I can't do that. I, but in my, in my wildest dreams, I can't fucking do it. You see me, I can only throw it 25 yards. I'm good, dude. Like, everybody's six, five and a half or whatever. Yeah, exactly. A laser arm, man. <laughs> Peyton Manning, hashtag. Oh, except Peyton Manning is supposed to me, so fuck it. So anyways. <laughs> oh, man. Man, Lofa, bro, really appreciate having you on, man. This is, this is great. I know you have to go and, um, Peace and blessings. And if you can, if you guys don't haven't checked it out, zone in CBD at Lofa underscore Tatupu. You know, I mean, he wants to get verified. He wants to become even more famous than he already is on Instagram. So go and follow him. Um, <laughs> I saw that comment about the person with the check mark. You respond like, wait, what? What do you mean? The check mark? Oh, what the fuck is a blue check mark? <laughs> I know. <laughs> it makes no sense, man. Like, it's funny because it's like, I feel like, you know, kind of social media now. It's like, you can be like the worst player on a team. Like, you are like one of the greatest linebackers of that those five years you were like definitely like, i have an argument for that had you played now like you would have been like dude your shit would have been like 100 plus k followers and and i know and i know you don't care about that shit i'm just hey, saying i just, I just, yeah. I just care that the people on the other end that i do follow or they follow me that they're real man they just you know being real with themselves and with each other and, and uh, that's all it matters man. one more thing actually about that kez namdi you saw kez namdi in, in concert at the comedy Buds concert Dude, oh my fucking god, dude, dude, dude. Because Nandi is like 6'5". That dude's top. He's giant. The only reason why I'm asking, because I knew about him when he first started off, because his boys, Temeskin and Kadane Tesfai, went to St. Mary's, and they were, like, promoting the shit out of him. Oh, and then when I, when I saw you post him, I'm like, wait, how the frick? I'm like, this guy's in Seattle? Like, what's he doing yeah. there? Go ahead. I'm in there, I'm watching his set, dude, and it was just fucking fire, dude. I was like, oh. dude, it was... One of the coolest concerts I ever been. I've been to a ton of concerts in my day. And um, I, I went there to see Kali and he was on the card, you know, playing, you know, before, opening up for him. Just he was right the act right before him. And so um, we're there, we're jamming out, we're vibing. And I had that video, it's on my story. And he, you know, he said just to speak to the crowd, he, he thanked them for coming out, right? Um, when we're all sitting there trying to thank him for for playing in Seattle. And uh, he said, "More love, more light, more prosperity." Yeah, and that's that. That's I got that shit on. I got that shit on video, man. And I, I mean, saw that. Yeah, and then, <laughs> I heard you know, it. Yeah, and then I got uh, I got to meet Kali after the concert. Uh, that's always been one of my favorite artists. You know, I've been rocking with him. You know, since you know mid two thousands. You know, like uh, I think those mid- are the years. Yeah, when he when he put out his first you know album or two, and I, and then. He's just been coming out with fire after fire after fire lately. And, uh, and I mean, yeah. And I don't know if you're into reggae music, but like. I fucking love reggae. What are you talking about, dude? I'm okay, from Cali. Yeah. You keep yeah. forgetting where I'm from, dude. <laughs> go, go, sorry. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. It's, it's just, uh, you can't listen to it and be anything but happy. And so yeah. that's what I love about it. It's just, um, it, put, it puts you in that mindset or that mood, man. Bingo. Yeah. And that's all I'm looking for, happiness, you know, so. Right. I've kept you. Yeah. I mean, I know I've kept you over, but I really, I just, this is just for me. It's so surreal to be talking with you and, you it's know, I'm, good, I'm, well, we're going to do it again though, bro. We have a promise. 100% we're going to do it again. Everyone that was Lofa Tatupu, uh, founder of Zonin CBD. He's wearing rocking the Zonin CBD shirt, you know, follow him on Instagram, follow Zonin CBD on Instagram. And, uh, you know, Lofa, thank you so much for being part of the A1 podcast. I'm looking forward to seeing you again, brother. Right on, man. Stay blessed. Uh, you already know. 
81. <laughs> right, take care, brother. Hey! All right, brother. I'm out. All right. Later. Later.